Welcome to um, Sonic Talk number 342, just about. Sorry about that. Uh, my laptop's back in service, but it did mean that I had to make a few adjustments to uh, a lot of other bits and bobs, so uh, thanks for hanging in there. But anyway, hello and welcome. Uh, running up to Christmas now, the Sonic Talk number 342. Welcome to the chat room, uh, sonicstate.com forward slash live, 4pm UK time. There'll be another show before Christmas, I think, just about. Um, but apart from uh, all of that, let's get on to some guests. We've got uh, a very perpendicular-looking guest over here in number three. That would be Gaz Williams, who's in a skyscraper mode. I've not seen you like that before, Gaz. Have you got a new stand, or are you in a, have, you, have you changed orientation since last week? <laughs> <laughs> I'm much more upright, yes. Um, uh, I'm in, uh, yeah, I'm in uh, portrait mode. Is it better to go landscape, do you think? Well, you get or... more of you. Gaz Williams, of course, professional bass player, uh, music technologist, amongst other things, um, putting my technology skills to shame today. Everything seems to be falling apart, but we're all back together again. Uh, so, Gaz Williams, thank you very much for joining us. Mark Tinley, you're on fire, man. What's going I on? I'm on fire, man. I'm smoking. Smoking? No, I'm not smoking cigarettes. I had considered starting smoking, though, because I'm so bloody miserable at the moment. I think it's this Christmas thing. I really am oh, yeah. stiff on a but I, I did write a very nice song about it at sometimessuicide.com, which yes. I will give all the money away to anybody who deserves it randomly. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much, Mark. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm a bit concerned about that smoke. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> is it like a screensaver or is it actually is it some sort of uh, Chag Nampa or something like that? Um, it's frankincense. Ah, how very Christmassy. Frankincense. All you need is the gold and, and the myrrh now. Ward off evil spirits. Absolutely. Um, I went busking on Glastonbury High Street on Sunday. All right. And I made three pounds and seventy-five p. Nice. Although I might have to admit that well, I got paid a pound for playing Ordinary World, which I thought was interesting. That was the the, the most money anyone put in. But I think she only really came over to stroke the dog. Nice. And uh, I have to admit that some of the money came from East. So. I got a starter fund from my family. But I quite enjoyed it. I might go back and do it again. In practice, actually. Excellent. Well, uh, happy busking. If you see Mark on the streets, then um, give him some money. <laughs> and we'll go to yeah. uh, Mr. Dave Spears over there in uh, his synth cave. Uh, hello, Dave. Dave in your synth cave. Do that to me. I can tell you. I can tell you. Anyway, Dave Spears, G4 Software, makers of fine musical instruments. Uh, how are things, Mr. Dave? Breakers of fine musical instruments this week. Oh, dear. What have oh, we right. We, uh, I picked the 80 up. I don't know whether you can see it. Oh, uh, hold on. Hold on. Uh, is there a way I can get that to work? I, I think, actually, I've got to get rid of that. Th- oh. <sighs> <laughs> CS80. Uh, Makes a nice noise. Yeah, does it ever? Kent did an amazing job. Uh, but there's a couple of little teething things that have got sorted out. Right. Well, I'm glad to see you reunited uh, with the CS80. Uh, in fact, uh, that might tie in with our first topic when it finally gets round to being actually happening. Um, so, uh, well, now we can try Mr. Robert Bronneman in Robot Hello, Studios. Hello. Well, that's the only person who ever calls me Robert is my mum when she's annoyed with me. Ah, well, I'm not annoyed with you. Robbie Bronneman, of course. Uh, Film composer, remixer, producer, and uh, uh, live MD for Mr. Howard Jones. How are you, Robbie? You okay. are very quiet, though. Let me see if I can. Am I? Oh, I've been. Um, well, in the sort of aftermath of the of the gigs last week, I've just been starting cracking back in with some other projects that I've had ongoing. Um, projects I'm working on for this American artist and. Um, an album project um, that I've been working on for a year now with this girl. Just been finishing the last track for that, which is actually a cover of Duran Duran's Say a Prayer. Wow. How very haunting kind of... Yeah. Not good. Yeah. Yeah, really pleased with it. It sounds really great. So, um, yeah. 
Glad to hear it. Well, Robbie, of course, um, I, I did do an intro earlier, but um, his audio wasn't working, but now it is. And have we done you, Gaz? I'm going to come back to you. Gaz Williams, Music <laughs> Technologies bass player. Yes, I have, haven't you, Gaz? You're now, yes. uh, your orientation is now more mainstream, shall we say. <laughs> There's so, hey. many, there's so many gags that we could pull there, but I don't think <laughs> yeah. we uh, In the meantime, let's uh, that CSA, CS80 thing that we mentioned, um, let's see if we can link that up with our first topic. And that is, this is uh, Vangelis in front of his uh, system. He's about to improvise some sort of uh, massive orchestral piece, as is his want. Uh, I don't know whether the stories are true, but apparently he did improvise Chariots of Fire, basically. Um, so these, I don't know what these are, but look, that motorised patch thing. So then we'll get on, well, let's get on a little bit until he starts, when he starts playing. And then you can sort of see what he's doing. And it's pretty, yeah, we've got the, here we go. If you could actually see any video, I could tell you that that was <laughs> that was uh, um, Mr. Vangelis on his sort of improvising on his system. I, I don't know. Basically, somebody moved the Mac, and I'm afraid uh, none of these connections seem to be working at the moment, which is rather irritating. But um, Dave, you spotted this, and this was on Synthtopia not long ago, was it? And there seems to be some question as to what it is he's using there. Those kind of patch uh, changes and all of that kind of... Sw Essentially, he's improvising the entire piece there, orchestral. It's very pompous and sort of, you know, Vangelis-like. But uh, he's using foot switches to sort of bring in these various orchestral layers. But there's been a lot of speculation as to what on earth that stuff is that he's using. Do you know? It's called uh, Yes Audio, but it's custom-made for him. But is it based on anything that you know about? No, but I know that... Uh, behind a liner, that is a rack with S760s, 750s, uh, even JV1080s and stuff like that that was on. That no way, there. man. Yep. Yeah. That is I just thought it was really funny because we talked about workstations and we were all a bit anti-workstation. And then I looked at that and went, now that is a workstation. Yeah. That's so I'm glad is. Robbie's on this week because... Uh, <laughs> Well, Robbie, of course, you uh, you you have quite a lot of uh, you do, well. I wouldn't say you have quite the equivalent, but it's not far off when you're certainly doing the live thing. Have you ever tried that sort of large improvisational sort of fading stuff in and out? I mean, it's a very interesting way of working. It looks quite interesting, but I don't. You know, it's, again, everybody's speculating as to what on earth is going on. But there must be other people who. I mean, I can imagine. You know, you set your whole orchestra up and you just sit there and you play. And it just comes out. It's like, there you go. There's a film. Thank you. That'll be 40, 40 grand, please. Ten minute real time improvisation. I like the sound of that, don't you? Well, I actually watched that documentary last night because I ordered it as soon as I saw it online. So um, that turned up from Amazon yesterday and I watched it all. And um, it's a it's a brilliant documentary. Really interesting. All about, you know, all sorts of things you don't know about him. But um, yeah, for me, it's, it's like Dave says, I, I did a bit of background onto it and it is pretty much old school you know even some akai x8s and stuff like that driving all that and m1 there's an m1 in there and some other stuff like that but it's kind of it's kind of the whole the, the thing that's so kind of appealing about it is the fact that he can just sit there and in real time just just do that without any nonsense and without having to work out eight different articulations of a string patch and all that sort of thing that's the kind of exciting thing about it it is pretty impressive, isn't it? I mean, that, and when you, I was, because I was looking at his fingers, and they just look like they're just sort of faffing about. He's not like working. It make, he's got such a brilliantly set up setup that he's not making it any harder than it needs to be. And that's, that's I, the thing that's quite. Ooh, I don't know, though. When you look at how much work his feet are doing. Oh, yeah. Well, there's that, yeah. And that looks really complex. He's got, what, maybe 12 expression pedals or something? I'm not sure. Which, presumably, he's, he's controlling all the levels of things 
those foot pedals are just controlling the levels, do you think? I, I, I suspect so, because he bring he's bringing in kind of percussion and strings and swapping strings and brass and those little pinky mm. plugs, because he's not changing keyboards. He's changing patches a little bit, but... Uh... So, so am I right in thinking then there's no computers involved and no VSTs and everything is just coming from racks? And, and, and those, those weird patch changey things are somehow some big MIDI patch changes. Is, yeah. that, is that right? I think that's mm. the general idea. And uh, even that is custom, uh, all I know is it's mm. custom built hardware for, uh, built by um, Yes Audio. Now, if you do a search for Yes Audio online, you, you, you end up with a PA company. So I don't know who they are or whether it's called MTM8. And it just says custom design for uh, Vangelis. There's a couple of pictures on the place, but there's no point in me showing you because I can't, I've got no access to any of my uh, spunning. So it's going to be talking heads today. But that, the, the, what's quite interesting about that is obviously it's been custom designed, but those little, with the little sort of scribble strips that motorized, so banking switch. I mean, it's just the, that level of detail is just a bit insane, really, right? What are, they, what are those scribbles then? Those like weirdy little. Uh, yeah, they're just scribble, scribble things. things. But they represent they banking. They to different sounds, don't they? Yeah. I think that's all his symbols for different parts of the orchestra. Yeah, it looks nice. I know, Mark. What do you think? Fancy one of those? I didn't like his shoes. <laughs> well, that, and one would not ordinarily... But I did like everything else. <laughs> Mind-blowing. I mean, I remember many years ago, there was a sound engineer on Duran Duran tour who told me quite equivocally that I was an underachiever and I remember sort of thinking oh, bugger off I know you know I've got loads of work to do and this is all really hard and blah blah blah, blah. but um, but and I always I there's something about the way he's playing that makes what the the the, the whole thing seem like it's not that much of a stretch beyond the playing in other words yeah. I don't think he played anything that I probably wouldn't be able to play on a MIDI guitar, but it never entered my mind that if I had like a hundred synths connected to a MIDI guitar and I just switched them all on and off or turned the volumes all up and down, I could probably do something similar. But it's it's like that sort of, you know, all his years of experience have kind of ended up in this huge kind of thing. I mean, it's just totally mind-blowing. I was like, what? Yeah. And yes, yeah. 10 minutes of work for 40,000 Whatever it is, I, I'm sure it's not quite. Like that. I mean, you notice he uh, uh, he loathes computers. Apparently, um, according to the chat room, uh, um, he's really un, you know just anti them completely. And there is some, there are some shots of his last big gig. I noticed the I noticed the radar in the background. Yeah, with he, all the, he he recalls to the the it's uh, not isotope. It's isotope, not isotope, isn't it? The radar system, and it's a it's a, in a box. They're supposed to. The thing about the radar systems, I know Adrian Utley from Portishead Head swears by them. They record all their stuff onto those, and it's like a kind of twenty four or forty eight track, depending on what model you've got. Uh, system that allows you just to kind of uh, record and do basic edits. You can transfer the stuff, um, oh. but you know it, it, it's basic. But it. it that that same system I noticed he also had when he was playing live. So he had I don't know if it was the entire thing, but he had those banks of those kind of MIDI switches and all that sort of stuff. It's uh, I mean it does look very. And he old. grabbed faders as well, didn't he? Because he went for oh, yeah, the he mixing touched, desk. He as touched well, the mixing desk point. too. Yeah. yeah, I was like, wow, <laughs> real tight, old school man. I don't know, it's it's pretty impressive. But I th- th- when I um. I'm, I, I, there's all sorts of stories about him improvising at least the sort of main themes and stuff to uh, the, some of the big films that he's done and just sort of throwing it down and then obviously goes back and adds the nine seconds of reverb and all the tinkly bits and, you know, the other stuff. But um, when I was working at a club which had a studio above it, there was an engineer in there working with a band, uh, I think we're called the Milltown Boys, a very long time ago, and she was called Raina Shine and she was uh, Vangelis' engineer for quite a long time. And she said he just had a Rev One, which is a Yamaha, big Yamaha um, digital reverb system with a big sort of uh, remote control, a bit like the kind of Lexicon system. And it was just the same set with nine seconds on everything all the time. And that was kind of wow. part of part of the sound of it. And you know, his stuff is all dripping in reverb. I guess it's the right kind of stuff. But it's very interesting, isn't it, that he can pull that stuff but off? But if he finds a sound and he likes it, then that just ends up in. The mix, so to speak, doesn't it? I mean, it's you know we all kind of crave after the next best thing, and oh, we'll get one of these and we'll get one of those. 
It's, it's beyond my comprehension that I would buy a synth for two grand and sit it on one patch and that would be it and that would be its job for the rest of its life. All my things have to do multiple things and they have to do, you know, I'll, I'll give up a sound if it means selling that synth to buy another one to make two space sounds. to have something <laughs> or do more things. Yes, exactly. That's an interesting idea. I don't know, Robbie, have you got, have you got any of that uh, sort of single synth functionality going on or do you try and you know broaden the, the use out of them because you've got a lot of stuff there uh yeah but there are certain things i always come back to to do certain jobs you know there's i i absolutely love the dave smith mono evolver keyboard i always come back to it for the same sort of gritty type of sounds and i could probably get loads of other stuff out of it but i just you know i always go to it knowing that i can do that and move on to something else to do something else you know so yeah, I do. I do. I don't have the luxury of having thousands of keyboards, but I do like to kind of feel like I've spread it around so that I've got a good selection of things with each with their own character. Yeah, I suppose otherwise you just end up with a rack of all the same things, all with an individual patch. I know, Dave, you are a synth collector. I mean, before you got into sort of fully analog, I mean, you know, you had the JV1080 and the and the um, the JD800 and what have you. I mean, did you find that you were reaching for things that very before we got in the box that were just a single source of, you know, that was the sound it always made kind of thing, or or that group of sounds? Uh, all of this only makes one sound. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a really big sound. Uh, no, uh, it's uh, like Robbie said, his character. You know, each each. Good instrument will have its own character, and there are certain things that you could just get really easily out of certain things that you'd have to work hard on another instrument to get. Mm. So they've each got their own little vibe. I remember the JD800, it was like, what was that? There was a couple of patches on there that were just brilliant, but only for its type. I'll tell you one was the piano. The piano was just so cutting and so bright, fantastic gig-wise, because it would just pierce through everything. But you've only got to hear that on like, you know, three or four records and it's like, okay, so that's so recognisable, it's done now. It's a bit like the M1 thing, wasn't it? Really? Wasn't there like a log drum sound on it as well that everyone used? Oh, what, on the JD? On the M1, for sure. Or the DX? No, on the JD800, oh, it was something like, and it had like a after it. Patches <laughs> I have loved. Might be the D50. Maybe we should start a series of T-shirts with just the name of specific patches on. You know, that would be kind of... Or even better, or even more nerdy, just the number. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's getting into kind of really obscure Christmas presents there. I like the sound of that. People coming up going, ah, yes, native digital dance, yes. Ah, yes, I remember that one. (laughs) Um, Yes, M1 Piano number 09. Was there Ski Jam on the wave station? Is it Ski Jam? Yeah, that was a real <laughs> jaw dropper. That was when we first said that one. The one note. And the, what was it on the K two thousand? Was it first world order or third world order? I can never remember. It must be first world order, surely. That was a good part. Well, there we go. There's a, there's another one. Anyway, Van Gelis, I, I, if you want to know what it is that he's using or you find out, do let us know because I'm really fascinated by this. Um, I'm not quite sure what to do because I can't play any videos and I can't run any web pages. So, it's, so, And the only way I can get it back is by rebooting everything, which means I've actually got to go completely dark because if I reboot the switcher to try and bring the, the, uh, the, the Mac into it, then I've got to reboot the streamer, which, you know, it's just this enormous sequence of events. So I think we'll just probably have to wing it a little bit. Um, so I do apologise for being even less prepared than I was. But I could describe these things to you, and I apologise to the audience as well. I guess uh, this will be one of the um, sort of audio specials, <laughs> shall we say. <laughs> well, we could still see each other and, you know, communicate on that basis, but I do apologise for the uh, for that. But, uh, uh, Dave, you found this uh, drum machine extravaganza, which is Joe Mansfield's uh, Drum Machines. Uh, it's a book you could buy on uh, Get On Down, forty nine ninety five. I think we might have talked about it before. It's like a coffee table book. It's about sort of one man's obsession with drum machines. Uh, Beatbox Collector. He's got 150 drum machines, but he still can't get the, comp- the compu rhythm. And it's really obviously causing him... Uh, do you think this whole thing's just a kind of elaborate plan to get someone to sell him a compu rhythm? Probably. <laughs> Could be. $10,000, didn't he say, that the, the going rate is for one of those? Really? Well, nah. See us? Really? I, I read his article about it and he said that the going rate, because there was only 25 of them made or some ridiculous thing. 
That's and just not like, true, though, is it? I mean, it just isn't true. Because I know of people who... I know, I know of at least two in this area. Wow. That's what he said. So, unless, he's, unless, he's, unless it's another CompuRhythm we don't know about. Oh, I don't know. We've got Synth uh, CR78 in the chat room. He'd probably know, because that's his handle. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course, Dave, famous uh, CR78 tracks. It's got to be uh, Phil Collins in the air tonight, a few others. Yeah, Heart of Glass. Heart of Glass. Heart of Glass live. In fact, I persuaded the band to start the set on one occasion with Heart of Glass just to see our 78 ticking away. And it was brilliant because as soon as the crowd heard it, even though the lights were still up, lights go down, see our 78 on, and everyone goes mental. Did you actually use a CR78 or was it a loop? No, I sampled it. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't sound the same though, right? Do you know what? It worked brilliantly. It really <laughs> did. I think she had about four or five tracks that were all CR78 kind of based. But yeah, brilliant. What an amazing... Love that machine. Uh, but I haven't got a BG's Rhythm Ace, which is what... A rhythm machine, which is what I want. Uh, I think Will's got one of those. I think I've I nearly had the chance eBay. to get one. Was there? There was one of those on yeah. eBay not that long ago. Oh, my Lord. I'm sure that um, Girls on Film is a CR78. I might be wrong. Oh, I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah, it could be. Boop, 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 boop. Or it might be real. I'll get all the words, names muddled up. Oh, it doesn't matter. As long as you can throw a few in there for SEO. Adoranda Ansel. <laughs> uh, Robbie, drum machines yeah. I have loved. You're, you're not a drum machine person now, but are you... Um... I've got a Tempest, so, you know, I... Oh, I, I do like the Tempest. Do you find you're reaching for it and doing what it's supposed to do with it, or are you uh, just like to have the lights go on? No, I do. Again, I, it's one of those things. I, I, I didn't really have drum machines back in the day. The first drum thing I ever had was a Roland R8M, which was the rack module. Oh yeah, I remember that. And with with because it had an 808 card and a 909. And when I was sort of getting into stuff, that was very exciting. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I've never I've got a machine as well. But again, I tend to use it for certain sounds and stuff and and the control aspects. I'm not really one for working on a kind of drum machine pattern kind of way no i must admit i'm the same and although um the tempest when i did the review it has a really nice feel that i mean even though there was only it wasn't doing sixes and eights when uh when i reviewed it i think it does all of that now and it had it's got the mpc swing and the mpc groove and it just it seems to absolutely lock and you can get that kind of really just very specific sounds it's obviously got the roger lynn aspect to it um, and you can sync that up. Do you, I mean, but it's a very powerful synthesizer in its own right, yeah. I remember, as well. Yeah, no, I'm considering taking it out because you can use it as a six-note six polyphonic analogue now. Yeah. So I, I was thinking that's a great little compact little unit to be able to take out to have a proper analogue on the road. Yeah, that's not a bad idea, actually. And also it'll do, uh, do the bass drum. Because you can make it, you can you can split it up so it could be a five and a one, can't you? You've yeah. got all that voice assignment thing, which seems to be all the rage these days. It's interesting. We were up at Benji's the other day, and you know he takes the SDS5 out, or he did. He's now replaced that with a little Nord, which actually right. sounds really cool. Oh, uh, really? What, the um, Nord Drum 2? Uh, yeah, drum. I don't know what it's called, but it's a little kind of box thing. Yeah. Nice, well, nice. I'm not, I, yeah, I think I reviewed that, and it is a great... It does sound really good, but it's just got a mono output, and you can't pan the voices, and that is kind of a drag when you're dealing with massive analogue doof as well as kind of hi-hat sizzle you just can't no nick there's a there's a mark ii now it's got stereo output whoopee yeah <laughs> you know, be thankful for small mercies yeah but know. it was it, it did sound really nice and the thing about the nord drum um you could you can trigger it from almost anything i think you could probably trigger it from the simmons pads as well is he still using the simmons pads to trigger it Dave? yeah yeah that's the that's the job very nice. It takes a variety of different uh, powers and inputs. Gaz, is there drum machines you have loved? Is there a moment you would care to uh, share with us? I just, I, I get really sad uh, when I think about my 626 that I was the first thing I drum machine I had way back in the 80s and I loved it so much and I sold it for 40 quid, you know, and it's just one of those, ah. Oh, because I know those things are quite limited in a way, the 626s, but they're just so lovely to work with. Um, you know, and I used to build these, I used to make really complicated music on it um, because of the way you could chain the patterns together. And it was so quick and so 
fun to use. I have no idea why I sold it. It's one of can them. you not, they can you not get a new one? Oh, they go for a lot now, do they? they? Well, I mean, they don't get to silly money, but they're a 500 quid job now, no. aren't they? Yeah. Oh, I, really? Oh, maybe they're not. <laughs> yeah, they are. I don't think they are. I would get I would get one of them again though partly to you know relive my youth a little bit because I spent a lot of time with that thing. Yeah, and, uh, mine was a Korg DR a, a ten or I can't remember DDM one ten. I've forgotten. God, I can't remember. Well, well no, oh, oh, they were horrible. Yeah, they were. Oh, what's that then? I loved it. I thought it was brilliant. Was a Bentley Rhythm Ace. Oh no, Wurlitzer. Wow. Yeah, but look at the rhythm it's got on it. It's called Teen. Teen. What's that? What does that do? Is that... I don't know, actually. You've never, you've never experienced the teen rhythm. I, I can't remember. The no, best that... drum machine we've got is one that takes eight-track cartridges. And, they, and on the picture of the eight-track cartridges, it's always got kind of... They've always got pictures of sort of sexy 70s ladies. And in fact, if you look at a Vangelis picture of Nemo Studios in the grand piano, now this is super nerdy, in the grand piano picture, um, sort of tucked away in the grand piano, is one of these cartridges. And no one else would ever know that except us. <laughs> wow, that is obscure, isn't it? We're looking at it going, oh, CS, you know, D, uh, what is it, 770, listing all the synths. And then I went, check out what's in the piano. But it was distributed. It was made in Scotland and distributed by the Mellotron people. Right. Anything tape? You do tapes, right? You distribute that. <laughs> That's the yeah, yeah, exactly. With the tape specialists, they know how to store them properly. I'll tell you what I've got. Ah, yes, there we are. I've got the cool little bits. You haven't made the keytar yet, then I thought you could be sporting that. You know what? Uh, one thing I will say about it is uh, it's a bit temperamental. You've got to kind of um, get it. I've got it. Plugged in over here, but I haven't. I didn't get time to set up a camera. But you, could, what's really nice about it is you can you could just sort of go right. You can go, you know, uh, keyboard oscillator filter delay, or you can just go. Hold on a minute. Oh, I'm going to put something up there, then put the oscillator up here, then bring the oscillator. You know, you can just very quickly change the routing modules. It's quite an interesting idea, actually. Um, but I think to be missing stuff because I'm supposed to be able to build this thing. You know, like this box, but I don't think I've got all those bits to make that box with the sort of so you can set the uh, have the bit on the top and the bit on the bottom. I can't do that, and I feel a bit cheated. Oh, there's yeah, there's various versions, isn't it? Ah, uh, yeah, but if you're going to put that on the box anyway, I don't know. This may be a kind. You know, they were very cool. They only got two sets, and they sent one of them to me to review. So I can't complain too much. I mean, that's pretty uh, pretty cool. But it, it, it is. It's like a super monotron. Um, or, well, it's all of them, basically, because you get two oscillators, um, but one of them's an LFO, but then you've got a little sequencer and you've got the delay and stuff, and it's, uh, yeah, it's not, and the speaker's really loud for the size, look. I did get to hear one in uh, a studio that Gaz was at, actually, but I took a picture and I was asked not to put it online. Oh, really? Are we about to have a story, Gaz? <laughs> not um, yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> right, fair enough. Um, but anyway, yes, yeah, so uh, that's the drum. You can get that from uh, getondown.com. Uh, it's a beatboxer. And I think they're order- they, they said they were ordering them from the beginning of November, or it was the end of November, so now anyway, forty nine ninety five sort of coffee table book, and it comes with various different sort of bits of cassettes and tapes and stuff so you can hear these things. So if you're into that, it might make a Christmas present for, I don't know, maybe one of the listeners of this show if anyone's interested in that kind of thing. So, yes, enjoy. Uh, once again, apologies that I haven't got anything to show you, but um, I've got one of my video outputs is not working, and I had to redo it. It means just a complete rebuild of the system. So I'm afraid I'm not going to do that. Um, oh, yes, Juno 106 Supercharged CPU. This is uh, KiwiTech uh, Juno 106. This is a really interesting idea, actually, taking a, an existing synthesizer and putting a new CPU in it so it just adds all this extra power. And obviously the Juno uh, is DCO, so there's a lot of digital control going on there because it had MIDI. Juno 106 is obviously a legendary synth. Great sounding synth. I've got one. Uh, unfortunately, the voice card has gone, or at least one of them, so I'm not going to be doing anything with that for the time being. But the, if you add this um, extra CPU board, it actually it gives you uh, extra LFOs, two extra LFOs, I believe, extra envelope, uh, chord sequencer, a sequencer, uh, arpeggiator, all this additional sort of functions. And I just thought, what a brilliant idea. 
Um, any, any, Dave, you got a Juno 106? I didn't see one in your place. Have you got one in storage somewhere? No. Oh. No Juno 106. No 60. No Poly 6. They do a Poly 6 thing as well, up, upgrade. And by all accounts, it's brilliant. I think this is awesome, actually. What does it do for the 106? Uh, what does it do for the 60? Uh, sorry, the uh, Poly 6, rather. Very, hang on, hang oh, on, right, hang you got on. It. I've got it in front of me. There's a man who does some research, unlike me, who can't, who did, but can't show you any of it. Oh, God, this is a long list. Arpeggiator, clockable, art modes, up, down, up, down, random, key transpose, all sorts of stuff. MIDI, uh, arpeggiator, uh, arpeggiator will output MIDI clock. Oh, nice. Uh, and there's a guy who, in fact, the guy that we got the Wurlitzer stuff from, great guy, may check in Poland, I think he's called Analogica, .pl, but he fits them and then sells them. Ah, but is he the one who does the 106 um, voice cards as well? I think he might, actually, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, um, I so. Redwalks is asking in the chat room, uh, how does it edit? Well, in fact, you get this additional layer of functionality, so it does double up, so you press a button on the... You don't actually add any more hardware on the panel, but you just sort of pop the... Um, you press a function and then you've got sort of three layers and there's an over. And I think they're going to be making an editor for it as well sometime in the future. I mean, I did use my 106 a lot of time, but yeah, I don't know how much the voice cards are. They've got to be 100 quid plus, I'd imagine. But it's great. I was just wondering if there was any other um, ideas for other synths that could do with a CPU upgrade and what you could, you know, because it seems like there'd be quite a good market for supercharging this kind of stuff. My friend said his Juno, he's got a new chip in his Juno uh, 60, I think it is, uh, and it gives him an extra LFO, it gives him MIDI, and that's quite, uh, I, I don't know if it's by the same guys, it, maybe it is. Um, I, don't, I don't know, yeah. But it's made it. It's made the synth just so much, just so much better in so many ways. Oh, little correction, by the way, when I was talking about drum machines, I realised it was a 606, not a 626. Oh, six, uh, 606, that's a bit more. Yeah. Mm. I'd say as yes. long as these, these upgrades don't give any auto accompaniment, then I'm happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, Robbie, you know, now thinking about this, you could actually do the HS106, which had speakers oh, on it. You could get the Juno 106 upgrade to that, and that would really, you know, that would be a, that would that would cause you problems, I'm sure. Philosophically. And even better, the HS60. Remember that's the sort of wooden-looking home keyboardy style thing. Was that the which go for really cheap? Is that the kind of is that a one hundred and six? Yeah. Ah, that's what I yeah. meant. Yeah. So you could yeah, up, yeah. upgrade that. That's an interesting idea. We had Unison put on this eighty. Uh, oh. I, oh uh, my word! It's whopping. I imagine. But it's like a cascade. So if you play one note, all the voices. If you play two, it divides it down. Right. Three, four, so on. Oh, that's yeah, very similar more. to the uh, Waldorf Pulse 2. That's got a uh, unison poly mode, so it just divides them down. Although if you play three, not sure what happens there. What happens if you play three, Dave? Who gets the your odd number of oscillators? I mean, that's... So that's normal. Hang on, let's get it normal. Normal. Unison. <laughs> <laughs> Whopping. Lovely. That does sound very nice. You have my uh, envy. Mm. It's a bit over the top. Yeah. Um, I know, Mark, what about you? Can you think of any... Um, is there anything that you'd like to see with a... Because you're a circuit bender, as it were. What about, what about a new CPU? What about a new CPU? Because you can get one for the um, Jupiter 6, actually. I don't, I don't know. I just, it just seems like a really good idea. It seems like we've left lots of this hardware behind. What needs to happen is for Roland to go... It's been 25 years since we made that piece of equipment. Let's open source the whole damn thing so that anybody can poke around in it. And then we can kind of make hybrid things out of all the broken ones. How about that? We get Juno 106 cards and put them in JX8Ps and then glue in 303s and stick a TR606 in, you know, in, in the middle of it as well. That's you know, a great idea. I mean... It, because because somebody must know what the programming is to be able to add LFOs and all that sort of stuff. There must be... Um... I, I imagine that it's got to be a pretty arcane skill if you're talking about sort of machine compiling for a Juno 106, which yeah. is what? That's 19... What, what's the... What, 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 year, what year is that, Dave? 1980-something? 
Right, so 86, that's got to be, um, yeah, that's got to be kind of ones and zeros almost, doesn't it? Or hex or something. <laughs> Not the sort of thing I that... Mean, for the... For those 303s that are like called, are they called XOX boxes or something? I might have that mm. wrong, but um, there's EEPROMs for them and then there's kind of like ramped up programming for them, isn't there? So you can blow an EEPROM that has some additional kind of functionality. So um, the code must be out there somewhere and somebody must be able to understand it or decompile it and stuff. And then... Well, it's got to be. I suppose in some respects it's got to be just, you know, I mean, the way that we can, people can, you know, do Arduino and all that stuff. It's not got to be all that. To, yeah, there, is there a mod to turn your Jupiter, uh, your Juno 106 into a Jupiter 8? Says uh, as you're in the chat room. That would be an interesting concept. Need a few. You can do it six. Sorry, six has got the Europa. The Jupiter six has got the Europa um, upgrade, hasn't it? Yeah, I've got a Kenton uh, upgrade for it, which is uh, I haven't put the chip in. I found it the other day in a jiffy bag. Uh, what does I, that do? Uh, <laughs> Channelize the MIDI, add velocity, um, program changes, pass. I, it's been such a long time since uh, since Kenton kindly sent me that. I can't honestly remember. I think Howard's Jupiter 8's got some sort of Europa customized thing in it. It does MIDI, but it does add a few extra little bits and bobs as well. Oh, that's interesting. I wonder what... Yeah, I mean, but I suppose the thing about those is they're not, uh, they're not so digitally focused are they so that you, you can't and this, you know the, the point about having the digital control is you can go crazy if you put a bit another cpu in it but without adding actual ad, additional for electronics for oh, something God. like a roland s770 which sounds absolutely brilliant and ha- it's mm. all digital filters but as soon as you start playing more than a few notes the whole thing goes out of time and it has like horrendous <laughs> timing errors Oh, so to that's... upgrade something like that, which is probably running on a really basic processor, to put something much faster in that would be a good thing to do. Because if you could bring that uh, piece of equipment back to life, it's got musical sounding filters and it's got that kind of Roland sound that, um, without being overly complicated with all the other crap that, sorry, all the other, you know, additions. It doesn't need all that multi effect stuff in it. The S770 just has the filters and they work really well and you can kind of, uh, you can filter very high quality samples. Yeah, I remember um, I had a seven, I had a one, one U rack sampler, which I call 760 it. 760 then, yeah. Might have been a 760, yeah. And uh, what I do remember about it was the fil- that the envelopes were really, really snappy so you could get amazing yeah. filter stuff going on it. A real sort of, uh, uh, but yeah... I wonder if you know, of bottom end, especially compared yeah. to an S thousand, which was really light on bottom end. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the sampler samplers have been somewhat um, sort of sidelined since everybody just does it in the computer, really, don't they? Because it's just probably so much easier to to, to code for that kind of stuff. But uh, it'd be good to see some CPU upgrades. That'd be, but I, I'm imagining the investment that goes into it. I don't know how many of those samplers are still alive because they had a disk drive for starters and they would have had really sort of scuzzy one, which uh, you need all sorts of translation to get it over that way. Working. Yeah, SideQuest 44 megabyte clatter. <laughs> that kind yeah, um, of thing. 770 thing. had a CPU upgrade anyway because I, I used to have a 770 and the SP700 playback one and I think I remember trooping oh, up yeah. to Psycho in London or something. And they already fitted a um, a CPU upgrade because, like like Mark said, the timing was atrocious on the original, and um, the the CPU upgrade actually made the timing better, but it could still be better. It's an improvement. But it was tw- wasn't the CPU twenty five megahertz, and then you might be. <laughs> I think you what you're talking about is maybe a thirty three megahertz upgrade or something. Wow! And you can play four notes without it going out of time then instead of two. Yeah, nice. I mean, I remember having hi hats on mine coming out a separate output, and then soloing it on a big desk and going, "What the hell's that? It doesn't. That's not yeah. playing the right thing." There's, there's a track I, running from somewhere else into my mix. It was, like, <laughs> <laughs> and it was meant to be like sixteenths, and it was doing this completely random thing. Actually, now you come to mention it, I remember that because I'd never. I always used the S1000 for sampling loops, and the S760 for short hits. Because if you did a loop, the, the timing would be out, and also they didn't have any, they had hardly any memory, didn't they? They would only do about they had really convoluted banks and oh, really complicated oh, yeah. way. Of, you had seven seconds per bank, 
but you could yeah. they had the audio pool so you could define tones that just addressed part of that memory so you, a tone you could have mul- loads and loads of tones and they could all address the same sample but in different ways it's really yeah god you had a mouth and a screen that was the thing yeah made you feel really it was like yeah. a poor man's fairlight yeah it's the future it's the future of the past I borrowed a screen from someone, and by the time I gave it back to them, it was absolutely indelibly burned into the screen. Yes, I remember that because they they were green, weren't they? The screens on them, and they were very they were a CRT with a green. They had a very specific uh, requirement because it was quite hard to find a screen that would work on it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, oh, the good old bad old days. Um, Right, well, my next topic really kind of does require (laughs) a picture, and I haven't got one. So uh, maybe we'll just have a sort of short short show this week, because uh, I'll I'll make sure I'm a bit more on the case next week. I think what happened was we did a shoot. uh, We had actually a chap in um, a couple of days ago who was called uh, Second Story, Alex Story. He's like a Bristol-based Ableton artist. Uh, I mean, he was playing some really interesting uh, music. He came in and showed us what he did and how he used it. And uh, we had to pull one of the drives out to take back to sync up all the cameras. And when the drive came out, all the connections got a bit knocked and i only noticed that when i was checking the connections to see why robbie wasn't getting any audio which is rather too late in the day to uh, discover that and so uh, that's hence i've been limping on with only only the four cameras so i'm sorry i do apologize for that anyone else got anything to add or anything they'd care to uh, go i know robbie you've got a head off so uh have you are you going to be around next week or are you kind of what what's happening yeah. are you uh, yeah, how are you are you weighing through your um your massive stuff to be done before christmas list yeah i've got this like psychological list of stuff that's got to be finished by christmas so i can enjoy it Uh, so yeah i'll be i'll be in the studio night and day for the next 10 days probably oh well i hope you enjoy that how about you Gaz? what you got lined up um over the next week anything exciting uh got a few gigs of my surf band the rumbelows which should be fun um getting a new bass tomorrow which i'm excited about it's a it's a stunt bass so i'm um, uh, yeah well it's a st- it's a st- it is actually a stunted bass as well because it's a short scale bass but um it's for it's for sh- shredding reams and reams of useless bibble which uh just pointless music super fast bass no oh, one right, wants so to listen to so you just play really fast yeah Oh, when you no said stu- stunt bass, I thought maybe it, you know, it had like a hinge in the middle of the neck or something, and that would, that would be <laughs> really thrilling. Well, it's kind of stunts in that you can just do loads of two-handed tapping and all sorts of nonsense, you know, horrible, horrible nonsense, but quite excited about it. <laughs> I, I've just, I, I, actually, um, Mark has just reminded me by thrusting a picture of this up to the screen about the Gitorgan. Wow, yes, that was something. I have a video for that, but unfortunately you won't be able to see it. I can, really I can nice play it. About this guitar, the play, you can hear this. Use it 99% of the time is this little magic button on the pick guard. This right is the guitar gun from uh, Musiconics. Well. I can turn it on the light just right. Who are from Waco, Texas. But it's right here. And he actually says in this video it's when somewhat of a cult position, instrument, which I think like is a little this, unfortunate. This is another switch. Right here in the down position. Right, ready? This is how you use the guitar. It plays every time you touch the strings. Like that. With the switch in the up position, the little button on the pit guard that I call the power button activates the organ. And it's kind of nice if you play things like party at the county jail. No, no, sorry, oh, you can't. Right. That was uh, a chap called Roger Bret- Bretonitz who sold his on eBay. They go for about five, six hundred, seven hundred quid or dollars. Mark, you brought this up because you were interested. I, I, I know I was in the, in the process of saying goodbye, but this uh, you did remind me, so I'm terribly sorry if you've got to shoot off. I know Robbie. I thought any- that might be the um, the uh, 
picture that you weren't able to show, so I thought I would ah, improvise okay. well, that's my good. laptop, uh, my uh, iPad. I did bring, I was, I'm building a guitar. Well, Jez Woodruff, the man who sold Nick Rhodes' his very first Jupiter 8, is building me a guitar. The keyboard player from Black Sabbath. Did you know they had a keyboard player? No. Apparently, he used to hide in the wings at the side of the stage and with his guitar. Written lots of music. Written, <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> but anyway, I'm building a three-three-nine Gibson-bodied Stratocaster. Just to completely confuse you. So I think it's called a nine-caster. So I was looking for inspiration on what hardware to put on it and what the tailpiece should look like and all that sort of stuff. And I accidentally came across this while searching for images of Gibson semi-acoustics. And then I was just completely mind-boggled by the fact that the, the frets are split into six little tiny sections with, like, you know, resistive material in between each fret. Yeah, there's basically so an organ inside the guitar. The well, the wiring under the fretboard must be mental, but it also looks like somebody's taken the bottom off a 19-inch rack and just kind of screwed it to the back of the guitar. <laughs> so it's just full of stuff, isn't it? And it, I want one. Now I've seen it. It's like I've got to have one of those. Well, if they're only $500, then I'll Well, I think they're a bit, about, yeah, a bit more expensive than that, but, yeah, kind of a, fun, a funky thing. I'm, get, I'm guessing, Gaz, this is the sort of instrument that might appeal to you for, for some, you know, I could, ima- I could see that working for Rocket Gold Star, a bit of kind of yeah. psychedelic prog kind of guitar organ stuff. Uh, which I use my MIDI bass to achieve that sort of thing. So, yes, so it is the kind of thing that we do. Um, and that's what I want to do with my stunt bass, actually. I want to put piccolo strings on there and chuck a GK pickup on it. So the trigger and so piccolo strings are like an octave above a normal set of strings uh, on a bass. Uh, so, but, yeah, I, I, I love doing that. And I love having an organ, but just having it on one string is really nice. That's this nice thing with a GR55. You can have two different PCM sample sounds, but on two different strings. So I have like a, I have like an organ on my on the D string, and then uh, on the G, I put like a like a string sound or something. And then you can it's it's so cool. It's so and cool being able to put in your playing technique. You can bring it in around. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, Robbie, yeah. I saw you just laughing during that and you weren't even watching the video that was just from the sound i'm guessing yeah. would you have one of those in your studio it could put you have no idea it could do something amazing it reminds me i saw a video of about four years ago from one of those weird little rooms at, at, at nam and this guy had this thing he called the keytar oh yes I mean, you know but it's, it just reminded me of that it was like a sort of guitar bolted onto a keyboard on it but i know it's just funny because the sound of it wasn't he wasn't selling it very well to me <laughs> It did sell on eBay, apparently. And Dave, I noticed that you just turned around and started playing your CS80. <laughs> I mean, understandably no, I mean, so. The interesting, the interesting thing about that instrument is it's a really hard instrument to learn, but it's a harder instrument to bloody listen to. Yes. <laughs> it does It does come with... Uh, it's got a load of... Um, um, you know, so you've got the voicing switches, but it's also got a foot switch, so I'm guessing you can bring it in and underneath and stuff. And I think I have seen one. I, th- I, th- I think somewhere... Come on! I mean, if you were if you were playing "Smoke on the Water" on it, you'd get somewhere close to like that Hammond plus kind of Strat sound. Surely, he's playing the wrong thing on it. No, it doesn't sound like it's not a Hammond sound. It's more of a um, what's that other type of, type of organ? It's that's a bit uh, Vox. Lowry. It's like a Vox kind of sound. Barfisa, yeah. Barfisa VL tone. Rubbish, I think, is what you're trying to say there, Robbie, isn't it? Bontempi Sorry, you know, but... it, can, it can be midied as well, I think, because it's got all the switches in place. So there are some midi ones kicking around as well. Well, I, I, I detect uh, maybe a collection coming on, Mark. You could, next time we see you, I, maybe we'll see behind you on the wall that a, a whole series. There are several sorts. I thought I saw a 300, a 200, a 400 list. You could have them all just hanging up there on the wall, kind of, you know. Gina's going to kill me, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I've already got a house full of guitar parts from the two guitars that I'm making. Uh, jerry cans and guitar necks and bodies and pickups and things everywhere. So, uh, well, yeah, I think I'll have to wait till we move to a bigger house. Okay. Well, anyway, I, I, now we can go. Now you can all go. You're released from uh, from this technical Excellent. hell that was the Sonic Talk podcast. I do appreciate you hanging in there, and I'm sorry for the initial uh, tech things. We'll get that sorted out for next week, and everything will be back to... Uh, 
yes, be back to. Um, uh, oh, we're getting some good ones in the chat. Actually, more if we got before Christmas. Fenfisa or a Larry Hardtop. Um, before Christmas, I think. What's next week? Next week is going to yeah. The last one will be. Uh, is it? Yeah, next week uh, will be the last one. Isn't there one on Christmas Day? Christmas. Oh, We're not having one. No, I'm not doing one on Christmas Day. Um, <laughs> although I'm sure everybody would love to. I, I've, Can we I've have some a... live music? Can we have a Christmas party and live music on the show next week? Uh, I don't know. Possibly. It might be possible. Let's see how um, how many other things I've got to cram into the week. But, uh, Let's see if we can get some live video. Yeah, how about that? I'll aim for some live video first, and then if I can get that working. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, uh, you swine. Okay, well, anyway, I do appreciate everybody for uh, hanging in there, and I want to say thank you very much to our listeners. Uh, if you're not going to make it next week, then a happy Christmas to you. And, of course, uh, we'll be uh, ramping up for Nam, and maybe next week we can talk about Christmas gifts, and we'll finally get the giant ear iPhone case in the uh, in the show, which I know Robbie's been looking forward to. Oh, it's the only reason yeah. he's on, and uh, I'm afraid I skipped the topic. So, anyway, thank you very much, and uh, we'll say goodbye, Dave, uh, back there with your CS80, and I'm sure you're going to have uh, endless fun into the night. Uh, well, be... I've got to open it up. Oh, really? Do you want to see this? Do you want to see this? Yeah, you might have to tilt. Oh, oh God, I'm just giving myself a hernia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Careful it doesn't shut down on your finger. Look at that! Bloody hell. That looks like the inside... Miles. That is bonkers, isn't it? Did I tell you how I got this in the house? Well, how I was allowed to get it. Okay. Because it was owned by David Essex. Ah, okay. <laughs> my, my wife is the biggest David Essex fan, like, when he, when he was younger. Yeah. <laughs> she said he's still got a twinkle in his eye, but it looks about 95. Uh, yeah. He looks like... Got to, uh, he looks like... Uh, Weird way, well, if anyone's seen Lord of the Rings and Bilbo's character as when he's left Elrond, as a, he looks like David Essex does now, I think. Mm. It's I think David. you're right. But anyway, uh, they could be separate. David Holm and David Essex could be the same person. It could be his non. You know, his, uh, his I actor. think that's. I think that's CS80 has been repurposed in a much better home. <laughs> well, it was Jeff Wayne. So David Essex gave it to Jeff Wayne. Check that out. That's that's. Wow. Wow. That's a good bait for you, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Jeff Wayne used it on War of the Worlds. We reckon it was toured for a little bit. Kent reckons it's probably had about 30 hours of use in total. Wow. Uh, and then it was obviously, I think, I think it was dropped out of a trunk and then it was just put in storage for years. So uh, I have to say a big thank you to Kent because he really did. He's worked like 14 hour days on this for about a week and a half. Just so I can have it before Christmas. Ah, so you're going to be playing... You're going to have to play simply having a wonderful Christmas time on it next week, Dave. So you get your delay delay set up. I'll do the sleigh bells. (laughs) Ah, this is my suggestion, Nick. Why don't all the participants have to prepare a Christmas song and perform it on the show next week? Jesus. Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Well, some of us I'm are perfor- some, some of, of, are some of us are performers, and some of us are not performers. So uh, that makes it even better. Well, oh, please, you have, we'll it, you have to limit the time as well. Like it has to be like a, a an advert, like you'd get thirty second advert, like on Capital Radio or something. Because if we go on for like a, a ten minute prog rock excursion, <laughs> it might be a bit much for people. So I think we need to we need Maybe. to make it succinct. Uh-huh. I'll, I'll think about it. Yeah, please. Together. All right. Anyway, thank you very much for watching, everybody. That was Sonic Talk number 342, just about. Uh, thank you very much. I'm going to press the fade to black button and then stop. Bye. <laughs>